Welcome to the Closer to You, Lord podcast. There is one name you have to know today, Jesus. Say it with me, say it now, Jesus. The word says that Jesus has obtained a more excellent name than they, they being the angels. He is higher, better, greater, more powerful than all heavenly beings, both above and below. Remember the name of Jesus throughout this episode. Let's pray. Father, today, in the name of Jesus, we expose and break down false altars. Father, you are all-powerful, almighty, altogether wonderful. Father, you have defeated your enemies, and we want to only serve you, the one true God, because anything and everything outside of you that possesses, professes to have your wisdom, your power, your authority, so on and so forth, is a liar. In Jesus' name we pray. We pray for your coverture. We pray, Lord, for your protection. We pray, Father God, that you convict our hearts, Lord. Um, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Y'all, I don't know how to sugarcoat this. And even if I did, I know I'd be wrong to do it. Angels are real. Demons are real. They don't subscribe to all of the laws of physics or sanity that we do. They come and go in ways that we cannot. They inhabit the earth and the heavens. And when I say heavens, I'm talking about the sky as well as other dimensions. Excuse the sci-fi jargon. Actually, I'll go one step further. Art imitates life, and life also imitates art. There are things that we cannot quite understand, so we label them as myth and fiction when in fact they are very real. Beings of light can have spiritual components and physical components. So can beings of darkness, which are angelic beings beings which sold out to Satan, the adversary, a being of evil and pride that wants us damned with him to eternity. There's veracity in the old adage, the devil loves company. He is defeated, by the way. And I'll add this too. The devil doesn't want company. He just hates you. And he hates God so much that he is willing to pervert and corrupt and eternally condemn every single last person that he can get his hands on. But in the name of Jesus, we break down strongholds today in the name of Jesus, not on Jesus's watch. So many of you have had encounters, seen things that maybe you've hid under memories, but those memories today are coming out. Let me tell you something, you're not crazy. There are things that perhaps you have seen, felt, smelt, sensed, whatever, that have come to intimidate you, seduce you, confuse you, so on and so forth. But the only spirit that you need is the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, period. I'll share some of my encounters with the supernatural. Um, I've seen demons, uh, beings of presence, stature, faces that operated before me without stepping or making sounds, things that have tried to stare me down and intimidate me. I casted them out in Jesus' name. 
I was praying one day, reading the Bible, and a spirit from hell itself came and hissed at me in the physical realm. I cast it out in Jesus' name, and I also called for reinforcements to help me pray. I was at church one day in a prayer meeting, and I saw a demon fly out of that church. It was cast out in Jesus' name. I was in my house one day, minding my own spirit, and an oppressive spirit of fear began to stalk me in my own home and the spirit of fear was so intense that a deep chill came into my bones it was petrifying it brought me to tears i started just saying the name of jesus over and over and over again and i called my aunt for help and it was cast out in the name of jesus it has no part in my life today why did i bring all of this up today i want you to understand that the spirit realm is very real and just because you cannot see it does not mean that it is not there so since this episode is going to be talking about these things remember the name of jesus no matter what you see feel hear smell sense taste that is evil that is other the spirit of god fills you with peace do not be afraid the enemy is a liar an intimidator. He is a menace, but Jesus has all, all authority. So I don't care what the enemy tries to shake down. I don't care if paintings start falling off the wall, lights start flickering, if strange things start happening, if you start hearing things, the angel of the Lord will fight for you. The name of Jesus will cause all evil spirits to flee. The blood of the lamb covers my house And if you accept, it covers yours too. Preface over. Amen. Praise God. There is a biblical principle. If you build an altar, the supernatural will send fire. If you build an altar for God in your heart, a place built from your desire to have him in your life, he will come. But... If you build an altar to anything else, please know it will be occupied. It will be occupied. If you knowingly or even unknowingly invite evil spirits, false gods, seducing voices into your heart, mind, body, they also will come. There is so much more to say about this topic. So I have some resources in the episode summary section. So far, I've been talking about building altars in your heart. And although they are very real, People have known how to cut stone and build structure for thousands of years. People have been worshiping false gods, idols, um, and there's a reason for that. People didn't build these altars and these structures and these pyramids and these ziggurats because they're dumb, primitive, or bored. They did it because they understood that through certain practices, they were able to access the spiritual realms. And... These altars are not just in the form of of physical structures, right? They're in the form of certain practices, certain rituals, um, certain even psychedelics, um, certain things that people consume to try to have access into the spiritual realm. But let me tell you something. The only access that you need into the spiritual realm is through the Holy Spirit. Point blank. Let me tell you a story. I'll preface it with... A little background. There was a king of Israel whose name was Ahab. He was wicked and weak, selfish, evil, a pushover, and many other things. 
His better half was actually his worst half, and her name was Jezebel. Ever heard of that name? Well, this is part of her story. Jezebel was a princess from another nation, and like many of the neighboring kingdoms, uh, they had a particular false god whose name was Baal. Baal was a terrible god. Ironically, to this story, he was actually a fertility god. Um, he was a god that was supposed to bring good harvests, birth, whatnot, and so forth. He had these quote-unquote priests um, who I'm more inclined to call devil worshippers because that is exactly what they were as well. God um, made and formed the Israelites to worship him and only him, to be a blessing to the nation of the earth by collectively, quote-unquote, bringing God back because the surrounding world had fallen into rampant and out-of-control idolatry. Granted, there were some other people around that time that still knew of God, particularly during um, the time of Abraham. However, by in the setting of the story, the world was, was not in a good place. The idolatry in the world was simply ridiculous, and I'll get into that. We, however, all of us, were made and formed by God to worship Him. Worship is obedience, worship is surrender, worship is praise, and so many other things. But despite the fact that everyone was made to worship him, and in particular, the Israelites were made to be a blessing to the nations by recognizing God as the one and true God, the Israelites had a problem. When God rescued the people of um, Israel from captivity in Egypt from slavery um, and returned them to Canaan, the land where they were originally from and they were supposed to take, he told them, take heed to yourselves that you are not ensnared to follow them, them being their neighbors, after they are destroyed from before you, and that you do not inquire after their gods, saying, How did these nations serve their gods? I will do so likewise. You shall not worship the Lord your God in that way, for every abomination to the Lord which he hates, they have done to their gods, for their even burn their sons and daughters in the fire to their gods. Whatever I command you, be careful to observe it. You shall not add to it, nor take away from it. In this passage, um, you can see that God was sick and tired of the ratchet and cruel idolatry taking place in Canaan. But what did the Israelites do? They looked to their neighbors and asked them, so, 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 what is your God called? Oh, and what does he look like? And how do you worship him? I'm imagining that this Baal worship started little by little, but it got to the point where God said, this is enough. God said, behold, I will bring such a catastrophe on this place that whoever hears of it, his ears will tingle. Because they have forsaken me and made this an alien place, because they have burned incense in it to other gods whom neither they, their fathers, nor the kings of Judah have known, and have filled this place with the blood of the innocents. They have also built the high places of Baal to burn their sons with fire for burnt offerings to Baal, which I did not command or speak. 
nor did it come into my mind. Listen, y'all. The worship of idols is meant to destroy you. It will lead you from things that range from nonsensical um, to uh, embarrassing to things that are actually pure evil. To worship false gods, the Israelites went from burning leaves and fit and little little sticks and whatnot um, to being part of weird sex cults and then giving birth to babies and tossing them straight into a fire. Those were kids. How evil is that? Listen, God wants your love. He doesn't want you to kill your kids or your animals. He doesn't want you to burn sage. He doesn't want you to light candles. He doesn't want you to have crystals. And a quick aside, although in some ceremonial practices, um, some of these practices were seen, such as burning incense, sacrificing animals, and lighting candles, I can assuredly tell you that these rituals are not the will of the Father for us. They were not. God wants to reunite with you, with your soul. He wants you back. The rituals performed, um, that the Israelites performed were there to show their obedience and to also be a whisper, a pantomime, if you will, of the glory to come. King David said it best, For you do not desire sacrifices, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O Lord, you will not despise. What does the Lord want? He wants you. He wants everything of you. He wants a contrite heart. That means he he wants you to be repentant. He wants you to say, listen, God, I am wrong. Lord, I am broken. Father, take me. Please have me. That's what he wants. Um, everything else is either ritual or I'll say it, it's witchcraft. But um, I digress. We were talking about Ahab, the weak king, his wife Jezebel, the evil queen, um, who brought into the land the worship of Baal and all of those abominations. Uh, she also brought into the land the prophets of Baals. And um, God had a surprise in store for them. At the time, there was a great great drought in the land um, that was on its third year. And the true prophets of the Lord were being um, in hiding. They were in hiding because they were persecuted. Um, Many had died. uh, And the rest were like living in caves, uh, living basically on meager provisions, just water and bread. And everything was a mess. And I like to think of it this way. This is what the enemy does to you. He is a gaslighter. He causes you to sin, which causes strife. He persecutes the truth. And then he tells you, well, if only you worship me a little harder, then things will get better. But let me tell you something. The judgments of God, the devil cannot rebuke. He has no power over what God has said. And you know what? The Lord had said, if you do this, I will bring punishment into the land, this catastrophe, this drought. Um, He said it clearly. The devil has no authority over the Lord. Meaning, if God's put something in place, God has to take it out of place. It is his right to do it, and he is the only one that has the power to do it. There was a prophet of the Lord in this time. His name was Elijah. Um, And he challenged King Ahab, saying, Now therefore, send and gather all 
all Israel to me on Mount Carmel, the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Azurah, um, who eat at Jezebel's table. Um, this second God was, um, the compliment of Baal, um, also evil, um, don't want any part of her, but the prophets of Baal in this story were, um, the more egregious set of prophets. So Ahab sent for all of the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. And Elijah came to all the people and said, how long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him not a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Therefore, let them give us two bulls and let them choose one bull for themselves, cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. And I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. Then you call on the name of your gods. And I will call on the name of the Lord and the God who answers by fire. He is God. So all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. Now Elijah said, so the prophets of Baal, choose one bull for yourselves and prepare it first. For you are many and call on the name of your God, but put no fire under it. So they took the bull, which was given to them and they prepared it and called on the name of Baal from the morning even till noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, no one answered. Then they leaped about the altar which they had made. Y'all, when they were asking Baal to do it, they were doing it because they knew that there was some power in Baal. Uh, The prophets of Baal were not leaping around the altar they had made because they wanted to. The souls of the people were at risk. This was a pick Baal or pick God type of situation. There were stakes here. So, and so it was at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he is a God. Either he's meditating or he's busy or he's on a journey or perhaps he's sleeping and must be awakened. So they cried aloud and cut themselves as it was their custom with knives and lances until the blood gushed out of them. And when midday was past, they prophesied until the time of offering of the evening sacrifice. But there was no voice, no one answered, no one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. So All of the people came near to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took twelve stones according to the number of tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. Then, with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, he made a trench around the altar large enough to hold two seis of seed. Seis is just a measure of seed that they had at the time. I don't quite know what it pertains to today, but there was, it was a large altar. 
Then he put the wood in order, cut the bull in pieces, laid it on the wood, and said, Fill four water pots with water and pour it on the burnt offerings and on the wood. Y'all, there was a drought. This was the third year of the drought, and the man of the Lord, the prophet of the Lord, was asking for them to just waste water, essentially. Then he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. Y'all, there was a drought. (laughs) And he said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. There was a three-year drought, and this altar is drenched. And somehow, fire is supposed to appear. So, the water ran all around the altar. And he also filled the trench with water. And it came to pass at the time of offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and I am your servant and that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me that I this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and it licked upon the water that was in the trench. Now, When all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Amen. What a beautiful story. Uh, Believe it or not, this story, I I highly recommend that y'all read it. Um, It'll be in the the comments section. It's found in 1 Kings chapter 18. Um, But it actually gets wilder than what it is. So y'all should go read it. Um, But um, going back on topic... Demons can bump and thump. The devil is like a roaring lion seeking whom to devour. The thief, which is the devil, Satan, does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus has come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. Those worshipers of Baal were expecting something to happen. And I'm sure that something had happened in the past. But when God shows up, The enemy has no power and he wants to show up for you and invite him in. Another thing, as long as there is breath in your body, your sin, your idolatry, your this and that is not your identity. I'll say it again. As long as there is breath in your body, your sin is not your identity. It is your practice. The sins of idolatry can be manifested through idol worship, addiction, witchcraft, pride, stubbornness. And that can all be forgiven and done away with if you repent, that is, you have a change of mind, and you give it to Jesus. Yes, demons, evil spirits, Nephilim, if you want to toss them in there too, um, they have power to work. They conceal the worship that should be for God. They make you worship them with works of iniquity, works that are stupid and evil that that demean you that break you down demoralize you but if you let him god will work it out for you 
I don't care what you've gotten into. The word says this, being confident of this very thing that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. What is the day of Jesus Christ? That is the day that Jesus comes back, amen, or the day that you die. The name of Jesus has power and you have to make a decision, make the right decision. From the depth of your soul, tell God that you know that you're wrong, that you're a transgressor and that you want Jesus to be your savior. Acknowledge that he died on the cross for your sins and rose again three days later. After that, believe that you are saved. Get yourself a Bible. Read it. Start cutting things out of your life that you know are sinful. Start congregating with believers and ask God all the time to help you. You cannot walk on the narrow path without the good shepherd who is Jesus. You need help and God will help you through the the Holy Spirit. Let me read you um, a psalm, which is almost like a, a poem slash song. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. If you have prayed and believed that you are saved, welcome into the fold you've made the best decision in your life on the off chance that you haven't repented yet please get with it i'm praying for you i love you i am believing for it come to jesus amen hi thank you for coming to the end of this podcast may the lord continue to bless you in his truth if you are interested in more details about this episode the summary section contains useful tidbits. Please consider sharing this podcast so that it may be fruitful. God bless. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back.